That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. My dad came to live with us last month and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. In celebration of women, Nina Simone. I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. I mean, really, no fear. If I could have that half of my life, no fear. That's the only way I can describe it. This This is Word Radio. 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Independent Black Media. The views and opinions expressed by the guests, listeners, and hosts of any program on Word Radio do not necessarily reflect those of ownership, management, or advertisers of this station. afternoon more saturday late saturday morning going into the saturday afternoon let me re, let me rephrase that this is chris murray and this is today's chris murray report well we still don't have any sports right now though there are there has been sports news the eagles um this week have you know have made a few uh, free agent signings uh this week and um we're going to talk about those today uh cam newton was released from the new england patriots this week i'm going to have shalice mancy young from yahoo sports talk about that today um, on today's show, and I want to do something uh, different on the show today, since we are um, without, you know, the ongoing, the usual ongoing sporting events that are going on in the community and all that. Um, I want to kind of take a, a little beat, a little, a little, little path from the from the usual journey that we take every weekend. Um, I want to talk about um, some things about sports. I want to kind of, you know, use you all as my guests today to kind of talk about your favorite memories of sports, your favorite games, your favorite memories of social activism in sports. Because um, one of the things that I like to do on this show is to talk about sports, sport and society issues, race and things of that nature. So we're going to talk about a lot of things you want to talk about today. Like, for example, I want to get an idea of who your favorite who your favorite athlete of all time is, who your favorite social social justice athlete is of all time. I want to kind of talk about some of those things. Your favorite memories 
of sports today because, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening. And this is something I'm seeing a lot of in social media. We, I mean, you're seeing a whole bunch of top tens, your favorite player, your great moments, who, who, who are the top five NBA players of all time. You know, what kind of a team you would put together without, you know, you know, with who would you put together and who would you drop off of a team? So all these things are really, really, you know, really fun to talk about, especially at a time when really nothing's going outside of football free agency. The fact that the NFL is still going to conduct its draft, but without the uh, public fanfare that usually goes along with it. There'll be no fans in Las Vegas. It's just that the teams will be in their remote locations talking of, you know, trying to draft players. We're going to talk about the Eagles' needs today. The Eagles picked up some defensive lineman help, got a linebacker, and uh, they, of course, as you know, last week they signed Darius Slay, the cornerback, who is probably better than anybody that they have. And to be honest about it, will we have, even have a football season? Because, you know, we were talking about the fact that uh, we talk about all the football season, all the NFL is making its move with the way this coronavirus is going, especially given the response by the, the, the commander-in-chief. We don't really know, you know, when we're going to have mini camp or training camp or all this other stuff. So I, you know, I want to talk about those things, but I want to talk about some other things, you know, your favorite moment moments the you know, the game that you remember that kind of turned you on to sports or anything you want to talk about today. The numbers to call in are 215-634-8065. One eight six six three six one zero nine hundred. If you're watch, if you're listening to us on wrdradio.com and you're outside the Philadelphia area, and you have a need to listen to sports, and uh, you know you want to talk about some things that are going on in sports, we can talk about that. Um, for all you for all you Cowboys fans out there, um, and I know in Philadelphia, whether you want to admit that or not, there are a lot of Cowboys fans. But uh, the the Cowboys are closer to signing Dak Prescott to a a long term deal. Want to get your thoughts about that? And I want to get your thoughts about about anything, any any favorite memories you have about watching sports, anything regarding uh, race and sports. Because I'm gonna talk about let's talk about Cam Newton today with uh, Shalise Manson Young of Yahoo Sports. For a long time, she covered Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, and uh, and she wrote a, a, an article in yahoosports.com about how Cam Newton really got the raw deal leaving Carolina. And I want to talk a little bit about that because, again, you have black, you know, he's a free agent, a black quarterback, along with Jameis Winston. Although I think Cam Newton, when Cam Newton is healthy, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he is healthy and able to run and pass the way he has. But um, I want, and the thing is, I, you know, I covered, I remember uh, being at the draft, I covered Cam Newton, you know, I followed him during the, uh, the draft back in 2011. I was in New York when, you know, when, when he was like one of the number one, I think the number one overall pick in the draft that year, I want to say. And um, I wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, one of the issues that Shalice raises in her article is that quarterbacks like Cam Newton often don't get the kinds of uh, penalty flags when they get hit after a, a ball is thrown that, say, a Tom Brady does and other quarterbacks. And that still seems to be a thing, especially when you have African-American quarterbacks uh, playing football, playing in the, in the National Football League. So... From that standpoint, um, we really we're going to talk about any, just about anything today. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, your favorite social activists in sports. Who are the people in sports that really made a difference in terms of race relations? Last week we talked about the in, in an article that I wrote. Um, this week in the Philadelphia Sunday Sun, it was kind of a tribute to what Malcolm Jenkins brought to the community. I mean, he was a great player here. He was a guy who quarterbacked that second day, and um, he was just a tremendous leader in the locker room when he played here. But I also talked about in my column about what he did off the field and all the things that he did off the field when it came down to uh, helping African-Americans in the community. Though, one thing I did mention was the big beef 
that I think he had with Eric Reed and Kaepernick and people who criticized him for taking the money that the NFL for $89, 90000000 million. So, um, and so, and, and the thing is, in the spirit, you have to mention all those things and you got to basically talk about those things when it comes down to someone's legacy in this particular town, the good and the bad, as I always like to say it. Now, all that said, um, I'm going to ask people, um, just, I don't know, wh- what was your favorite moments in sports? I mean, what is your, I mean, what is it about sports that turned you on when you were a kid? Who are your favorite, who are some of the greatest players that, that, that have come out of Philadelphia? Who are some of the best players? Let me ask this question. We all, we all, we often talk about the best players in sports that never really made it um, who are really who are playground legends? We talk about this in the D.C. and the Baltimore area a lot. And who are the playground legends that were really good in Philadelphia that that never made it to say the uh, the, the, the collegiate level? Guys who never quite made it to the, to the college or to the pros. Who were some of your some of those school those schoolyard legends, for example, that? Um, that were really good. Everybody in the city knows about them, and they never really, you know, made it to, or, or they, they maybe spent a year in college, but were just like schoolyard legends who, who, who never really made it to the pros, or never really did as well as they did, say, in high school or in the neighborhood. Somebody who got caught up in something. I can start that out from the, uh, from just being from the Baltimore area. I remember a guy named Skip Wise who played at Dunbar High School, was one of the first of those great uh, Dunbar athletes who um, who would go on to college and be great. But in, in Skip's case, he went to Clemson, was the ACC Player of the Year, then got lured out of college because there was supposed to be an ABA franchise in Baltimore. That fell through. Then, of course, the ABA merged with the NBA. And then I think he had spent some time in prison um, for in a drug-related charge, and but if you go around the city, you know you talk about you know guys like uh, Reggie Williams and Muggsy Bogues, but you mentioned uh, Skip Wise. They called him Honey Dip, and I understand he played some games again uh, when Dunbar came up here. I think a couple of times, maybe back in the mid '70s. So you want to talk about those things? That's fine. You talk about your favorite eagle. You want to talk about boxing? You want to talk about who who is really the greatest boxer of all time? You know, so you want your favorite fight. You want to talk about those things today? You, you got a form right here. Because what else have you got to do? You got, you know, you're sitting around the house, moping around. You can't go outside except to get groceries. Everybody's social distancing. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting far away from my producer. So, you know, what do you want to talk about? And, um, you know, just give me a call. 215-634-8065-1866-0900. You can also check us out on WRDRadio.com. We're also streaming live on Facebook. If you're on Facebook right now, that's me. That's actually me. You're hearing me on Facebook. Okay, well, see me on Facebook. We got Donald from Franceville. Donald, what's going on? What's on your mind today? Hey, Jumbo Jumbo there, my brother. Good good afternoon to you and good afternoon to the Word family. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I thank you for, for opening up the uh, microphones, bro, uh, and uh, opening up the minds also, you know, how, how folks are thinking. I was thinking about, you know, modern-day sports icons myself, and the one that comes to the top of the list is a brother by the name of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. Colin and, Kaepernick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but go on. You're absolutely right about that, but go on. You know, I'm a, I'm a retired, disabled combat veteran, bro, mm. and I had his back because— um, you know, it's not the first time that, because a lot of people don't do their history and stuff like this here and know that people took knees for different other, you know, events. You had uh, Tebow taking the knee for God. Right. You know I mean, yeah, but it does, you know, that, you know, we're talking about social justice when it comes to black folks who everybody says, uh, wait, you know, that's over with. Don't worry about it. You know, that that's in the past. Mm-hmm. But every, every time I turn around, there's a new movie about a, the Jewish Holocaust coming up. And to me, and to me, there's nothing. I, I don't find anything wrong with that. But you're right. There, there's not enough. I don't find anything wrong with any movie about the Jewish Holocaust. I think people need to to be aware of every of, of oppression. Period. But you're right. There's not a lot of you know stuff on African American uh, situations and. 
And um, and I feel like, because, you know, I, I, I teach at Bowie State, and one of the most disheartening things about students in jail, not, and it ain't just at Bowie or some other places, but our kids are coming into, mm-hmm. are coming into college and they know very little, have very little interest in history. I mean, they don't know anything about the civil rights movement. They don't know anything, no. And they don't know much about Martin Luther King except that it's a King holiday weekend. And he, had, and he mm-hmm. gave the I Have a Dream speech. And, you know, a lot yeah. of people don't know, even in sports, that really, to me, sports has always been at the, at the epicenter of breaking down the barriers of this society. Sports has always yeah. been at that point where, you know, it kind of reflects what's going on in America. And especially when it comes to race. I mean, go back to Jack Johnson, Jackie Robinson, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these people. You go, huh? You go back to tennis, Althea Gibson. You go back yeah. to so many, you go back to, yeah. to so many things that, and always sports has always brought about the question of race in the society. And so that's the thing mm-hmm. that when I look back on things, you know, you know, yes, I don't know. I mean, years ago, uh, the, you know, I, I had this thing when I was a kid, uh, Donald, that I don't know. You may think I'm crazy for saying this, but I always had this no. thing when I was a kid. When I was when I first started reading about football, the Baltimore Colts and all that, John, you know, mm-hmm. you know, all these, you know, the, 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 the black power salute. I was born in yeah. 1962. And I wish that I would have been born, say, in 1955 with all the political (laughs) awareness that I had and my love for football, because I felt like I felt like I missed all the I don't know. I I just felt I just kind of I felt like I missed like the AFL all star boycott. I miss the, you know, the black power, Harry Edwards. And I would have gotten caught up in that. If I was young, mm-hmm. and I and I envy some of the people who who were born, say, in the late forties, early fifties, because I have a I, I have an admiration for that generation, for the nineteen sixties, the people who fought for civil rights and all that. Have yeah. an admiration yeah. for them because they made they made it, they made it possible so that I could be on the air, so we can have a WURD. And was it perfect? Yeah. Did we get everything? No, but. It no. just opened up doors, and you and you got to know mm-hmm. your history, which is why you try to teach the kids. Don't get it twisted. You know we can't give up just because some you know just because our kids are who they are. We got to try to meet them as best we can where they are, but at the same time, kind of bring them to a certain point. And I, I I envy people who saw football as football was growing in those days. I miss those. I miss. I would have loved to cheer for the Colts or agonize with the Colts when they were losing. Losing, uh-huh. way, losing the championships in the 60s but you know it was still you know that was a golden age of time for, and, and black athletes being involved yeah and, and don't forget about the Rams the fearsome foursome oh yeah the fearsome foursome yeah I mean the oh, only yeah. the only white guy on that on that line was Merlin Olsen and Merlin Olsen was a heck of a player let me tell you, there, there was, there was, there was. I think it was was it the Tammy show where Rosie Greer tried to get the frills of a foursome out of there. They, they did some musical number. It was funny because Marilyn Olsen really couldn't dance. But the thing, but the thing about it though, you know, people have those memories because sports also brings you through that time and space where you were kids, right? You know, when you were a kid, everybody wanted to be Roberto Clemente or Frank Robinson and all that. You know, I was watching Ken Burns's baseball and they show yeah. pictures of you know he talked about how everybody imitated Roberto Clemente and everything so mm-hmm. so you know I don't know but, but I'm sorry I know I, I know I talk too much but go on <laughs> no no it's cool you know, it, trust me uh, you, you don't you, you, you don't want to be born in 55 because that makes some pains man <laughs> oh yeah but that's the you thing know, I'm, I'm under the Eisenhower with babies you know what I mean it's, yeah it's, it's, it's real Israel, but uh, see, I was thinking, you know, in the terms of w- with Colin Kaepernick, you know, we, we got a thing called the National Guard, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about all those people that's not working right now, you know, that that's laid off and stuff like this here. But you got the National Guard, and some of our people are in the National Guard, so they can be getting the paycheck because nobody knows better how to decontaminate stuff than our armed forces. 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. You see where I'm going? I, I would agree with that. And you were talking about what Kaepernick stood for. And I thought, and, mm-hmm. and that's true. Kaepernick wasn't fighting, he wasn't standing against them, wasn't kneeling against the military or, or even the that's flag. Right. He was basically trying, right. he was saying to what we had been trying to tell America, and it usually falls on deaf ears, we've been trying to tell you, live up to the principles, have the ethos, so to speak, yes. to live up to the principles that this country stands for. That's what you have to do. And we we haven't they, done they, it. They, they twisted, though. They, they, they twisted, though, brother, See, because, you know, he's unpatriotic and stuff like this here. Right. You know, some of the, some of, you know, some of the founding fathers, finally fathers, that's what I call them, you know, they, they you know, they couldn't get this stuff together because it was, look, man, the Europeans came over and bogarted a whole continent. Mm-hmm. They made their laws and stuff like this here. You know, uh, people didn't want to hire Tommy Smith and Carlos. Right. The salute. Right. I, I mean, we, we, we've always had people jump up and say, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And, but we haven't had the multitude of people. Because, I'm going to tell you something, somebody kidnapped this Puerto Rican little baby over in New Jersey, they're still looking for Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our babies are, are being kidnapped and, hey, well, too bad, too sad, you know. Put it on the milk box, whatever. You know, we don't get the same respect, the same recognition as other cultures because, sadly to say, we don't defend ourselves. That's probably true. Hey, um, and from that standpoint, Mike, I got another call. I got to cut, and I got to get ready. To, uh, I got to get ready to go hey, to break. Great show, great show. Keep up the good work, my brother. Thank much you. Love, much respect, and be as safe as you can out here. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, we got to go to break right now. We got to pay some bills. We got Joe from Germantown waiting for us and all that. And we got some other people um, waiting, to, waiting to chime in on today's uh, festivities. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Chris Murray Report on WRD Radio, 96.1 FM, 900 AM. We're streaming live on WRDRadio.com. Follow us on social media platforms such as W, such as On Word, on at Twitter, and and we're streaming live on Facebook. So we'll be right back. Be heard. Be heard. Want another way to join the conversation? Follow us on social media using the hashtag on word. Be heard. Stay connected to Word Radio. Independent Black Media. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Be about the 2020 census. It's our chance to have a real impact on our community. It's coming soon. It's just a few questions. Make sure to count everyone living with you. And our answers will help secure billions of funding every year for our schools. Our roads. Our health clinics. It could even shape congressional representation. So don't just talk about it. Be about the 2020 census. Shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. Dietz and Watson has been making premium meats and artisan cheeses for over 80 years. And when it comes to stacking sandwiches and party platters, they've got something for everyone in the family, like maple honey turkey breast, American cheese, buffalo chicken, and more. So get to your local deli and taste four generations of family recipes. With Dietz and Watson on the table, you'll have everyone coming back for seconds and thirds. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. To some people, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much. But that's not necessarily true. By six months, they're combining vowels and consonants. By nine months, they're trying out different kinds of sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on some meaning especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. PICO recognizes the foundational role the company plays in how the Philadelphia region responds to COVID-19. Rest assured, PICO employees are working 24-7 to keep the lights on and natural gas flowing when you need it the most. Dave, 
What are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, alright. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. My mom is stronger than anyone I've ever known. Growing up when life got hard, her strength helped pull us through. Even after her heart failure diagnosis, she remains stronger than ever. My family's support keeps me strong. Together, we're rising above heart failure. Heart failure doesn't have to steal your strength. For simple steps you can take to help prevent, improve, or manage heart failure, go to riseabovehf.org. Word TV. We're streaming live video of this conversation right now. Tune in on YouTube at On Word or on Facebook at Forward. Word TV. Black Talk Media. The, the scintillating sounds of Fela Kuti. Fela. All right. So we got uh, on the line with us uh, Joe from Germantown. Joe, how are you? Hello to Dave, the wonderful producer. How y'all doing? How y'all brothers doing this rainy Saturday? Man, all I'm doing is sitting here talking sports. That's all I'm hey, doing. You do, you're doing okay, too? Oh, oh yes, I am. Thanks for asking, Chris. I hope you and your you and your queen, Denise, and everybody is doing well as well in your family. I'm, I'm, thanks for asking, Chris. I'm doing well. I hope yours as well. Thank you. So, so what's on what, what's on your mind? Now? I got I got to keep you know I got to keep everything flowing today because you know people are calling in. So, thank <laughs> my brother. A minute before I did, brother Donald Jumble Jumble. Brother Donald made some excellent points. So, just like my dad. He was in the Seattle, which I think was in the Navy. I think of Steve was in the Navy. My dad was in the Navy, too. And see, I respect a brother like Billy Don because he served this company. still a conscious black man. Because that bothers me. I see brothers getting the military, become brainwashed by white supremacy. Donald this country, I don't believe, but he still knows he's a black man. You know what I mean? He's supposed to be true pop. And you got to respect that in the man or woman. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I know what you're saying. Although I, I, although I say that. A lot of people I had, you know, I had an uncle that was in a naval academy. A lot of brothers are, who come out of the military are probably a little bit more woke than you, you would ever you would ever realize because they were in the military. You're right. You're right about that. That's, that's true. To, to, because like I said, my dad said he expressed some of the worst racism when he was in the Navy back in the 40s. And some 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 some, some white guy that was cool, but he also had to deal with them back then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so, they, so what you're saying is definitely true, Chris. But you know, because first, oh, on your queen, Denise, Denise wrote a nice article. I forgot what paper was in. There's so many papers you see out here in the committee. And she wrote a nice article and stuff. I forgot what paper was there. I think she was writing about the election or the coronavirus or something. But it was an excellent article by Denise. I forgot what paper was. It didn't come to me. I'm, I'm having to sing your moment. It'll come to me. But anyway, by Denise, man. But anyway, Chris, you, you're on Donald Mitchell, Roberto Clemente. As you know, Roberto one of my favorite athletes. On my American League team, is the former. My grandmother, I live in Aberdeen, Maryland. She talked to me and with Bush. Okay. Is your phone okay? Because your phone, you're kind of coming in and out. Okay. Yeah, okay. You hear me a little better, Chris? Yeah, I can hear you a little bit better. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I'm going to school down Aberdeen, Maryland. 
in seventh grade, my grandmother Nanny, she turned me to an Orioles fan with Blue Powell and Earl Weep and Paul Blair and Al Grimm and Brooks Robinson. She but my national team has always been a pirate. And uh, one thing that Dodo said that was so true, you know, right before he had passed, you know, the plane crash of people in Nicaragua, he said that I don't want to just remember as a great baseball player. He said, I remember that somebody that he said, this great athlete's going to come in. And so that's the, and that's the lesson that athletes should take from very Clemente. Great ball players will come and go. Because you see with Michael Jordan, great player. But after Michael, you got LeBron and you got you know Kobe. People can guess some great players gonna come and go. So you want to leave your mark on as well. Be stopping being known as a great athlete. Nothing, don't get me wrong. Because there's nothing wrong with being known as a great athlete. Yeah. Okay. Look, I guess he disappeared. Well. Joe, to your point, and I agree with that, Roberto Clemente um, did a lot in in the communities. I mean, he was always and he he was a big he was a big spokesman for Latino ball players as well. Never afraid to speak out. And speaking of people doing stuff for the community, Joel Embiid uh, donated pledged to donate five hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars to Corona uh, relief efforts here in this area, and uh, he really wants to help people out because this. This and ladies and gentlemen, if you're not staying home, if you don't, especially your our, our elderly residents, if you're not staying home, you're, you're you're exposing everyone to the risk of this virus. And um, you know the thing is, is that you know you had to practice all those social distancing. But you know it's good to see that that athletes are that athletes are are, are, are back in the community doing things. And that that to me, you know. And we talk about Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick has done a lot. So has Malcolm Jenkins. No matter how many people felt about Malcolm Jenkins and the split that he had with Eric Reed, to Jenkins' credit, he never retaliated. But Jenkins still kept doing things for the community. I mean, I still remember the forum that he was at at, at, um, at Philadelphia Community College where where um, they were talking about um, the uh, police commissioner before they selected the current police commissioner. And he was there and he fielded some tough questions from the community, people who didn't trust him, didn't know him. And he stood there and was patient and dealt with it, you know, dealt with it like a man. You know, he dealt with it in a, you know, in, in, in a positive way. And so from that standpoint, he got involved in the community and, you know, you got to thank the man. I mean, I wish the Eagles would have come to terms with him as a player. He was a great player on the field and a great guy in the locker room. But as a social activist, he he was testifying before Congress, um, uh, state legislatures around the country calling for criminal, you know, criminal justice reform. And, and since some of those situations affect African-Americans, you know, he was he was a champion of those issues. I'm going to tell you, growing up and watching sports in the 80s and 90s, you know, you, we were, pr- I mean, we, when I, I mean, I, I still remember the thing that is still ringing in my ear is when Michael Jordan said Republicans buy sneakers too, and he didn't uh, support um, was Harvey Gantt for, um, for, for the, for the uh, U.S. Senate race against the known racist and Jesse Helms. And so, you know, to see it's been refreshing. If there's been a blessing, and I don't like to think that there's blessings from tragedies, but when there's these injustices that are going on today, it has been refreshing to see the athletes get involved, the people that we all look up to. Joe, are you still with me? Joe from Germantown? Okay, I guess he's not with me. Okay, so, Joe, you, is that you, Joe? Yeah, yeah, Chris, hey, Chris, thanks for, I'm, I apologize to you and Dave. My, this phone I had was cut back. I got a better connection now, I think, I believe. Okay. So can you, can you hear me better, Chris? I can hear you now, brother. Okay, yeah. yeah my, like I was saying, Chris, uh, Denise wrote that article. Like, it was an excellent article, but I guess I forgot which paper it was then. So to give her my regards and tell them the article she wrote about, it was either about the election or the coronavirus, but it tells us an excellent article, man. I will tell yeah. her that. And, and as I was saying, Chris, about Roberto Clemente, like I said, when Frankly Roberto had his tragic past and, and stuff, he made a comment. He said that, you know, he said, I don't want to be known as a great ball player because great athletes, baseball players come and go. Right, and, 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 and that's why I say when you, when you want to be able to, so Roberto, he died as you know, trying to help the earthquake victims in Nicaragua, and 
And that's what it comes down to, Chris. You know, you see in basketball, Michael Jordan was a great player. After his legacy, after Michael retired, you had LeBron, you got Kobe, people like that. So great athletes going to come and go. You're know, trying to leave your mark on this world. And stuff. I'm not saying everybody has to be Roberto Clemente type of or Muhammad Ali, but you want to try to make the world better as, as, when you, when you, as you left it when you came in. So for just being a great athlete, you shouldn't be just satisfied with that. You want to better try to make society better. Where, 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 where we all can live a good life where, where, where we could be, you know, have to live with our kids and go to good schools, good neighborhoods, and, 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 and deal with police brutality, all the injustice of this world. So you want to try to make the world better. And that's when you mentioned Malcolm Jenkins just now, because like you said, uh, uh, Brother Chris, it's a shame the Eagles couldn't have helped you try to find a way to keep him here because, like you said, uh, he was doing things in the community that was definitely good, like you're dealing with the police issue and everything like that. And, and, and you mean the Eagles couldn't have at least found a way to meet him in the middle somewhere? So, it, and like you said, that's very disappointing on the Eagles' part, you know. Yeah. But, uh, and that's what it comes down to, just making the world better. And as I was saying about Roberto, like I said, I'm a, I'm a National League team is, the, is, like I said, the Pirates and stuff. And, uh, I love Roberto Clemente. He was one of my favorite athletes. And, of course, the Orioles, like it's my grandmother, Natty, when I looked at the score at Aberdeen, Maryland, she made me an Orioles fan. She, and, and Chris, I had no choice because, like I said, she, she, beat, she beat Boo Powell, Earl Weaver, Brooks Robinson, Al Bromley, Paul Blair. She beat them into my head, so I had no choice. Those had guys no choice were great. That, that was one of the great, you know, the, one of the tragedies of those, that 69, 70, and 71 Orioles teams. If they had won all three of those World Series, you know, they, they ran to the Miracle Mets, and then Clemente had the series of a lifetime batting yes, 414, did, yep. and, you know, just proving, they're just trying to showcase to the world what a great player was. Those Orioles teams would have been great because they had some great players. Like yes, Jim, they, they had 420 game winners in 1971. And Mike Cuellar, Jim Palmer, uh, it was some great. Dave McNally, Pat Dobson, Dave that McNally, the, yes. all those guys won twenty games, and that's the last time you will ever see that again in baseball. That will never happen again, guaranteed. It will never happen in baseball ever again because because of the way um, managers micromanage mm-hmm. pitchers and all that. Hey Joe, I got I, I got him. Hey, 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 Chris, last thing I'll be real quick. You that show you when you talk about the Orioles history, Chris. That show you a true. Native of Maryland, you know your Maryland sports. You know your Maryland Terpins, the Orioles, the Coast. You know you know your Maryland sports. Cause I got to give it to you, bro. I, I know I know my Philly sports too. Now I don't that's get... true, true. That's true. All right, All right so, have a good one, bro. Thank you, Joe. All right, You're thank you. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, you know, you know. Philadelphia actually during the Kurt Flood situation, Phil, you know, Kurt Flood would not come to Philadelphia. And that led, ironically enough, to all the free agency that you see today because Kurt Flood took the um, took Major League Baseball to the Supreme Court about the reserve clause. And from that standpoint, he lost. I, I think he lost the case mainly because he was black and there was a lot of racism in that situation, if you ask me. And but the thing is, is that guy Philadelphia was a part of that because no one wanted to play baseball here. No one wanted to play baseball here mainly because of Jackie Robinson's experience. And so, you know, from that standpoint, um, Philadelphia played, you know, as a part of that history too in, in, in kind of a in kind of a dubious way. Although, like I said, years later, of course, you know, you had the success of Ryan and Jimmy and other players that kind of, you know, tempered that down a little bit. But we have on the line with us Brenda from South Philadelphia. Brenda, how are you? Oh, I'm just, I'm like everybody else, Chris. It's raining. We are self-hibernating, but it's all for the purpose. And I was listening to you. Uh-huh. So, um, I really recognize Malcolm Jenkins more for being an activist than a football player. Right. But, but though, here's what I wanted to know. about. That's why I called. Was it all about money as to why the Eagles did keep Malcolm Jenkins? Because I thought he was a leader on the team, but I really admired him for his leadership off the team because I'm really not a sports fan. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, he, it, it, it did come down to money. I mean, Malcolm was 32 years old. And in this in this day of the NFL, you want younger players. With older guys, you know, you, you, you risk – Hey, you know, at some point, you know, Father Time catches up to you, and and it's an understandable thing on the Eagles' part too because they want to invest, they want to stay good for a long time. 
the way I looked at the way I look at it is is that you know he was he was a leader in that locker room and he helped a lot of younger players and I go back to the 2018 season when the Eagles uh, late in that season pretty much lost their entire defensive backfield and he he was the only one that that stayed healthy and he went he had to work with a guy with a couple of guys who came off the practice squad a couple of untried rookies and and the Eagles made it work and they went to the playoffs almost went back to the championship game to play for another Super Bowl berth so it's you know he was he was very influential in that locker room. He was a smart player, competitive guy. I remember when he first came here, and it was, you know, when he first came here, he was that first guy in the room trying to learn the system, trying to do everything he can. And um, and he didn't beat anybody over the head with. It. He just he led by example, and that was the thing. Those are the inside locker room stuff that you learn about with a guy. That a guy comes into a new team when he came here, he he worked hard. So yes, it do, it does come down to money, Brenda. I mean, it definitely came down to money, and it's uh, okay. and it's a kind of it's a, it's a slippery slope. Ideally, you like to pay him, but you understand the team's position too. Brian Dawkins. I mean, we could have kept Brian Dawkins here, but. You know, again, they want to they they want to bring in younger guys. They want to keep they want to stay relevant and they want to stay fresh. So that's that's what that's that's what that comes down. It was more of a business decision. I, don't think, I think the the franchise loved him, but you know, business decision. All right, then. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, a reminder call. We're going to um, hopefully at about uh, at about twelve noon. We're going to bring in uh, Shalice Massey Young, who writes for Yahoo Sports, longtime NFL writer, longtime African American woman writer, and uh, you know we want. I'm going to talk to her about you know about the cam. She wrote a, a nice article on Yahoo.com about Cam Newton and basically saying that the that the Panthers were really ungrateful and really, you know, kind of ratchet, so to speak, and how they how they dealt with um, how they dealt with Cam. And uh, and so from from that standpoint, um, we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. And uh, so we're listening to the Chris Murray report on WRD Radio, ninety six point one FM, nine hundred AM, streaming live on WRDRadio.com. And follow us of course on the social media platforms at Onword on Twitter and on Facebook. We're streaming live on Facebook. So we'll be right back. The Kimmel Center Cultural Campus offers free arts education programs to schools across the region. Teaching artists visit classrooms to educate, engage, and inspire the next generation using creative learning experiences. And students take trips to the Kimmel Center for live performances. The Kimmel Center Cultural Campus is committed to educating Philadelphia's youth by providing access to quality arts. For more information, visit KimmelCenter.org. It's time to shake things up at breakfast with chicken. Sure, you could have the same old, same old. Or you could bite into the sweet taste of maple griddle cakes paired with a crispy chicken filet, the Chicken McGriddles. Or the McChicken Biscuit, a perfectly baked buttermilk biscuit lathered in real butter with the same flavorful chicken filet. Just two bucks each. Wake up breakfast, only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. WordRadio.com Tune in this Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. for the Islam Today Show with a perspective on moral guidance and Islamic principles and values. You're listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. It's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you Without a strong rhyme to step to Think of how many weeks shows you slept through Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you Thinking of this, you keep repeating your mess The rhyme from the microphone solo with So you sit by the radio and on the dial soon As you pump up the volume <laughs> Yeah, Eric B and Rakim Rakim to me, one of the greatest lyricists of all time One of them, so Alright, we got Brother Michael from Columbus, Ohio From the Buckeyes State Oh, Nelly, those are state Buckeyes <laughs> What's going on, Michael? Good, good morning. How, how are you, brother Chris? I'm doing okay, man. I'm hanging in there, dude. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually, I flew into Philly last week. My mother's here, but I'll be going back to Ohio and 
Um, but I lived here 60 years. But, I, you know, I've left Ohio because I listen to the shows from Ohio. Um, I'm just happy to be here. So, a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, you played uh, Fela. Fela wasn't an athlete, but he was an international activist in addition to uh, being a musician. So, oh. he's... Uh, Oh, no doubt about that. He fought against the corruption against the, against the Nigerian government. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And with international influence, and, and, and still today, uh, his music, um, you know, is that international social activist, um, you know, message. Um, so when you talk about social activists, okay, when I, I look internationally, um, and I think some of your callers may have touched on this already, no, no question in my mind. Tommy Smith and John Carlos. I mean, at the Olympics, that's the whole world. Mm-hmm. That's activism. That's no question about that. Yeah. Um, Muhammad Ali. Oh yeah. Uh, same there. Uh, so you know when I when I when I think about activism, and I just have a different uh, opinion and spin on it. And I won't. I can't have enough time to get into today with act, social activism. I'm an activist from the '70s. Right. And still an activist today. Right. Activist slash advocate. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, when I um, see um, some of the uh, folks that the media anoint as social justice, justice as activists, um, I- I've got just a different lens and a different spin on that. Now, you're from um, Maryland, uh, as you said. Right. Um, so I know Brother Johnny Sample, he, he played for the Colts and uh, spent some time in Maryland. Oh, yeah. Um, went to, he went to uh, Maryland State Down, which is now the University of Maryland uh, at Eastern correct. Shore. And he played there with I guess, and, uh, other guys like Emerson Boozer, Art Shell, all those right. guys. There were some great right. players that came out of there. Well, Johnny was, Johnny was a, a social justice advocate, advocate as well. Oh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt so about that. You talk about Colin Kaepernick. Um, and, and, and this is again what, what, what you're what we are being handed. You don't they don't talk about Johnny, and, and Johnny had some similar activism, um, you know, while he played football as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about playground legends. I know everybody uh, is familiar with Gene Banks, but there's another brother from West Philly. Well, North Philly and West Philly, his name was Bobby Lee, Bobo. And maybe some of your callers, they call him and remember him. Bobby, you said Bobby Lee and they called him Bobo. Tell, tell me about him. Bobby Leach. Bobo. Bobby Leach, okay. He, he, killed, he, he, he destroyed him, you know, man. He, he was ridiculous. Um, Bruiser Flint's father, before he passed away, may, may uh, God be pleased with him, his father uh, talked about how if um, Bobby uh, Leach, it's named Bobby Lee, uh, affectionately known as Bobo, and may God be pleased with him. He just recently passed away. If 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 he would have completed high school, um, you know, it's no question about it. Went on to college, he could definitely have been a pro. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. It's interesting you mentioned that, Michael, because there are a lot of guys. I, I joke with my students over the years. I said, well who love sports and love basketball and all that, and I joke with a lot of people. And I always say, well, you know, I would say that the playgrounds and the, and I hate to say, you know, some of the, some of, some of our prisons are full of guys who, who, who are probably, who could have been probably been, been better than Mike Jordan or, or, or any of these other players who played. And, right. but they never, for some reason, got the opportunity, whether it was through their own devices or, you know, societal issues and all that. And that's something that when I look at sports, you know, I look at, I, those are stories that I really like to tell, to talk about those guys who were, you know, who were great, but something kind of happened because that's life. That, that in many respects is a story right. of life because a lot of right. times, you know, you can be the best person. I mean, baseball and football are full of guys. That's why I always tell people that, High school All-Americans and college All-Americans are a dime a dozen when it comes to professional athletics. There are a lot of, it's almost a cliche that there are a lot of guys in sports who were great in high school, 
but never really, you know, made that transition to the pros or who were just ordinary. And, and you even see it from the guys who did. Like, there are a lot of guys you watch. I used to, by the, by the way, this would be the time that we talk about the Sweet 16, the NCAA tournament. But the thing is, that a lot of guys who are great players in their college teams never panned out in the pros. I mean, Mark Macon was uh, right. you know, was was a great player at Temple. He had some time in the pros, but he wasn't as great as he was in the collegiate level. And that's not to disparage Mark Macon. Mark Macon had a had an outstanding career in Philadelphia at Temple, and and they all and that and that uh, that eighty eight team and that nineteen ninety one team both broke my heart because Temple didn't get to the Final Four, and I'm so upset for John Chaney, but. You know, there are a lot of guys who just did not pan out. I mean, you know, there are a lot of guys who are great college players. And if, and if that's the case, there are a lot of guys at the high school level who are great and all those other guys you saw in, in, in maybe at Sunny Hill League or um, the Kenner League down in D.C. Or, or what they used to call BM Baltimore Neighborhood Basketball League, BMBL in Baltimore. There are a lot of guys who played in those playground leagues that I saw in high school that were, man, these guys are tremendous players. Why didn't this guy go as, as opposed to this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, I got one more for you. If you just let me uh, go ahead. Say it, uh, and this is actually a good story. Now I went to West Philly. Uh-huh. Gene Banks playing. Tillman was there. Darrell Warwick, my man, really good, solid brother. But out of all those cats, I'm gonna tell you, Lou Black Magic Lloyd from the Playgrounds. Lewis Lloyd. Uh, yeah, I remember. Lewis he played. He got some time in the NBA, right? Was he Houston. Got a lot of time. He was in there ten years. And I think he got one of them championships. With a large one, but anybody really who will get on this phone um, and they want to be real, Lou was a, was a, was the a guy that could walk in the worst neighborhoods in, in the city, uh, and everybody loved him, and he was just a genuine brother, man, and could rock. He could play the ball, but more importantly, Lou Lloyd, he was just a genuine, good good brother, and he went to Overbrook, he went to Drake, and then he went into the pros, and, and, and again, may God be pleased with Lou, and to the time Lou left here, which was recently, anybody would tell you, Lou Lloyd, he was just a good, good brother. When, you talk, when I talk about community activism, etc., I'm talking about people for generations who are struggling to eat, who have been marginalized by the system. Mm-hmm. And you're from Baltimore, so you know those people. Absolutely. Like the facility. Right. And I'll leave you with this. Malcolm and all of them, they're good people. But I'm telling you where my activism takes me. And from a general standpoint, yes, they've done some things and they've touched some people. But my activism tells me if you ain't working directly with these marginalized people and communities that have been marginalized for generations, then I'm going to keep working in that lane, and I'm going to let Malcolm and Kaepernick and all them work in their lane where they, where, where, where they work in that, being sponsored by Nike and, and all these different things. So, brother, great show, and I always enjoy listening to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael, brother Michael. Appreciate that, uh, Gary from Southwest Philadelphia. How are you? We got we got to go to break soon. Is he gone again? He keeps dropping. Okay. Well, in that case, huh, we, we, we're about what? We got a break now coming up. Uh, about three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, brother Michael makes a point. I mean, there there are those of us who are better suited and better geared towards working directly with the problem. I mean, sometimes there there are people who know how to speak the language of marginalized peoples. And, I mean, it's a language that we should all know, by the way. But the thing is, there are a lot of people who who are good at speaking in that particular language. There's those of us 
who can speak before Congress, who can talk to the lawmakers and try to relate those problems. And sometimes there are many of us, like I speak, when you think about Tommy Smith and John Carlos and think about some of the things that they said, why they did that, was because they wanted to raise awareness to these things that were going on in the community. People didn't like the fact that Smith and Carlos raised these things. If you talk to the late Bud Greenspan and, and Avery Brundage, the late Avery Brundage, the people who were involved with the Olympics back then, of course, Bud Greenspan did all the, all, the, all the TV documentaries of it. But a lot of people, those people never understood those athletes from that time. I mean, they sent in Jesse Owens, of all people, to calm the black athletes down. And the black athletes were kind of like ticked off because, not because they didn't respect Jesse Owens, but they were saying that, you know, they sent in Jesse because Jesse Owens was trying to tell them, you know, let's do these things, peace and brotherhood and this, that, and the other. But there was no peace and brotherhood going on at the time. And the athletes spoke about it. You know, they 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 talked about it. And and I'm not mad at them. And I was like, just like I'll never be mad at Kaepernick or, or Malcolm, even with a dispute that they all had. I'm not mad at I wouldn't be mad at Eric Reed because they're doing what they can for the struggle. And um, it's... It's one of those things where you have to respect, you know, the people that are out there. The fact that some people and there are some people who might be quiet there. You know, we may know some people who actually are quietly contributing and all that over the years. For example, I didn't know how much Prince compete, you know, contributed to Spike Lee putting out Malcolm X. I mean, you never you never knew. You never know who what people are doing behind the scenes as well. So. Everybody can do what they can. As Dr. King once said, before we go to break, Martin Luther King once said, hey, look, you know, everybody has a role to play. He talked about the, the analogy of the street sweeper and all that. That's fine. But my thing is, is however you contribute, not everybody's going to be vocal leaders. Some of y'all are going to have to write letters, be on phone banks to people. You know, people said, and I always, and I always challenge the millennials who say that they're woke, and I don't challenge them in, in to put them down, but I'm going to say that the struggle for the liberation, freedom of African-Americans in this country is, is going to be a long and protracted fight. And you're going to be fighting in ways that don't always involve the protests. you got to fight the legislatures. you got to fight the laws. you got to just... You know, you got to, I mean, this is, these things, are, so however you can contribute academically or in the pulpit or whatever, that's where you contribute. So we got to go to break. You're listening to the Chris Murray Report on WURD Radio, 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and, and streaming live on WURDradio.com. We'll be right back. In Pennsylvania, everyone counts, and everyone needs to participate in the census. Our population count determines our voice in government and how much federal funding our communities receive for health care, food assistance, education, transportation, housing, and more. So every infant and child, every foreign and U.S. citizen, everyone matters. For a stronger future, we all need to count. To learn more, go to pa.gov census. The Word Radio Newsletter. Keeping you informed, engaged, and connected. Sign up by visiting wordradio.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and type your email address under Connect With Us. You'll receive the latest information on Word Radio. Messages from our president and CEO, Sarah Lomax-Reese. Exclusive articles and multimedia content and resources. Stay informed with the Word Radio Newsletter. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD Philadelphia. Independent Black Media.
yes, the, the legendary, legendary Bobby Blue Bland. That guy could sing. Man. And so, um, like I said, now I'm trying, now I'm, I'm awaiting, I'm awaiting, uh, let me see if I can, uh, see if I can pull, if I can pull her up. Uh, if um, I'm going to be, I'm going to have uh, Shalise Mansey Young uh, call in to talk about uh, Cam Newton. I want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton and other black quarterbacks. Speaking of, um, speaking of guys, you know, speaking of black quarterbacks, you know, one of the things that that was brought up in that article was the fact that, you know, the fact that um, Cam Newton got hit a lot. And he got 